1: He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you're with us today. I pray that Jesus will meet you. You know, we come on this stage and we have a very, very short time to make major decisions regarding our future and the eternity. If you don't think that's true, then you're either ignorant or utterly committed to a hail Satan position. We have but a very small window, and it's because of this small window that the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians is praying for the people of Colossians, Colossae. Now he's praying because he understands that there's a certain amount of intellectual information that you need in order to make a decision. And so at the very beginning of the book of Colossians, he says, we've not stopped praying for you from the time we first heard of your decision. You see, Paul was not the one who preached in Colossae. And Paul, right now, is in prison. Life is tough for him. But in that prison, he is praying. And he's praying something very specific that I want you to understand. He's praying that God will fill you with knowledge of his will. Now, as I go through this broadcast today, you're going to understand why Paul would say, look, you have to have knowledge. You've got to understand what the will of God is. Your whole future hangs on knowing what the will of God is and then doing it. He's asking that this spiritual knowledge come in wisdom, and understanding. Wisdom is that overall arching understanding of reality. He knows that you have to understand what reality is if you are going to be able to enter into what God has called you to. And understanding. Let me read it for you. We've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge that is how things work. But also with that knowing how things work, we're praying for an overall arching understanding of how you have of necessity to leave the dark realm and enter the realm of light and glory. Now he's saying, we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. In other words, Paul is saying, look, I want you to grow in Jesus. I don't want you to drift back into the way of the world and the way of darkness. Now I understand as I share this word today, that there are many of you who do not understand and you have never left the darkness, but there is something attractive in the light. And I'm praying that as we walk together today and next week, that this book of Colossians can set you free. That you'll begin to get the big picture of who God is and what he wants for you. And how the devil, in the dominion of darkness, has done everything he could do to bind your mind and bind your soul. That he would... By the power of Jesus, not be able to hold you back from following the way of light. The kingdom of Jesus Christ. So we need to talk about this Jesus. Who is he? What authority does he have? And we find in Colossians, the first chapter, verse 15, that Jesus is literally the exact mere representation of God. Now, he is also fully God. But he is visible because he became a man. And so Jesus is both a man and a God. The firstborn over all creation. So, do you understand this? Jesus created everything that has been created the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the earth. This is a prison planet. And it's a prison planet that holds all humanity captive and has a very short time on the stage of life to give evidence for where they want to spend eternity. Do they want to be with the kingdom of light? Or do you want to be with the kingdom of darkness? Now, I don't understand how you could say, I want to be with the kingdom of darkness. And some of you have said that. Some of you are caught in deep sin that gives you pleasure, that gives you security. But if you look at what the dark realm has created on the earth, you have to admit bloodshed, wickedness, murder, mayhem. There is nothing good about the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness had its shot at creating the ideal world. And it claimed that Jesus was unfair, that God was unfair, was a liar, could not be trusted. So God said, okay, we'll isolate this planet. We'll put you on it. We'll put human beings on it. Now, have at it. Now, there were limitations. God imposed those limitations so that the human race would not immediately go extinct. But in that contest, if you please, between God and the devil. Now, the devil is a created being. He is not a god. And it's interesting to me that the book of Revelation, it talks about how much power and strength the devil has lost. Every day the devil continues in rebellion against Almighty God, he loses power and authority. And in the final end, one angel not even named Comes with an iron chain, binds the devil. One angel comes and binds the devil, the dragon, and casts him into the prison pit. And there he'll remain 1,000 years, considering what he has done. The devil has not brought any beauty, any peace. Any happiness to the world. On the other side, Jesus has brought freedom and joy and peace, and he's done everything he could do to counter the sufferings brought by the devil. So this Jesus this firstborn over all creation, this person who has created everything in the heavens and on the earth, whether you can see it or not, he created it. Thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, everything has been created by this Jesus, and they were created by him and for him. He was before all things. When Jesus began creating, there was nothing here. He existed before the earth was formed. He existed before the universe was formed. But where did he live? He lived wherever God lives. But I can tell you this, that after this prison planet deal is finished and this prison is utterly destroyed by the fire of God coming in judgment, there's an amazing new world going to be created. I want my place with Jesus in that new world. But if you're going to be in that new world, you're going to have to make some very important decisions about how you're going to act. Please, everything is about whether you will rebel against the Most High God or whether you will be loyal to Him and help Him build beauty and freedom, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We come back. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy, because he created everything. I can't even begin to fathom what it meant for Jesus to go to that cross and be crucified by by people he had created, by his own people. To be stretched up high and dry on that cross, stripped naked, shamed, beaten to a pulp, slapped, spittle dripping from him, God was so pleased with all that Jesus did that the entire fullness of God dwells in Jesus. His purpose to bring reconciliation between the human person and the Father and Himself. things whether on earth or in the heavens, it was meant that by His blood shed on the cross, reconciliation should happen. Well, no reconciliation can happen between the devil and Jesus. People must choose to come out of the realm of destruction, lying, cheating, murdering, fornicating, People had to make the decision, will they come out of that wickedness and be reconciled with God? Now, I'm going to get much more specific in a moment. I'm trying to give you now the framework of understanding that the prison planet of earth is a great contest between God and the devil. The devil made the accusation that God could not be trusted. If you are willing to look at history, you can see that the devil is the one who cannot be trusted, that God is utterly trustworthy. Now in verse 21, he follows up this idea of peace through his blood blood that was shed on Calvary's tree. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. I want to stop there a minute. You were alienated from God because of your evil behavior. Let's take that right down to the bottom line. A person who walks in evil behavior is alienated from Jesus Christ. That means you have made the decision to be on the wrong side of history. And the penalty for that Will be to die. Why? Because the devil is not God. He cannot give you life. The life you have right now, you received from Jesus. You did not receive it from the devil. You belong to God. He is the creator. Now, let's look at this very carefully. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Well, let's take that deeper. Alienated from God because of evil behavior. So, if you want to come close to God and you feel far from Him, the place to begin is changing your behavior the place to begin is changing your behavior well how do you change your behavior you begin by repenting you begin by going before god the father and jesus and the holy spirit and saying i've been in rebellion against you I maybe didn't even know what the rebellion was, but I have been in rebellion against you and I have done things and said things and acted in ways that were entirely against the way of God. People say to me sometimes, Pastor, I just want to get closer to God. Okay. That's not a hard thing to do. God wants you closer to Him. He loves you. So, what sin are you willing to put on the altar? And we seem to want to pick and choose which sins we're going to keep and which ones we're going to put on the altar. And so we push God away and we become alienated from God. People say to me, Pastor, God never talks to me. Why does he talk to you? Because you're too far away from God to hear him speak. You have too many things in your heart that you're hanging on to. He's spoken to you about getting rid of them. And you have said, no, I like it. It may be a worldly activity. It may be a a sport that you love. It may be any number of things in your life that you think you cannot live without. So, you hang on to it. You keep it. As you hang on to it and you keep it, you're alienated from God. A man said to me, The Lord has never spoken to me. Well, I know why. His heart is full of himself, everything is judged by what I want and what I'm going to do. I'm a good person. No, he's not a good person. He's alienated from God. What I'm trying to say to you today is the Apostle Paul is teaching us that we are alienated from God and we are enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. Our selfishness, our anger, our bitterness, our judgments, our sexual uncleanness, our lust for money and power, our entire focus on creating our life the way we choose to create it. Our whole focus is on, okay. I'm going to be successful no matter what. So we go through our day doing what we consider to be our duty. And then we fill our off time hours with all of the lust of our flesh. All of the things we think we want. And we are alienated from God. I don't want to be alienated from God. I want to be at total peace with him. And that's why I pray with my wife every morning, Lord, shelter us in your precious blood shed on Calvary. Lord, shelter us from the devil's wicked attacks. We want you, Jesus. We're giving all that we have to you, Lord God of heaven. Somebody foolishly put a note. I'll keep my stuff. Okay. You know, I've done countless numbers of funerals over the last 50 years of public ministry. I've never seen even one time a U-Haul truck following the hearse into the funeral. No, we don't take anything with us except our character. And this poor ignorant man wants to keep his stuff. An enemy of God. Alienated from God. Verse 22, this is Colossians 1, 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish free from accusation look let's be let's be realistic everything you do counts everything you say counts Everything you think counts. So, if you want to be close to Jesus Christ, you're going to be health, you're going to be careful what you do, where you go, how you speak, recognizing that you're living in an alien planet. You're living in a prison planet. You're living in a place that is of utter darkness and wickedness, and right now is beginning the final plunge into the destruction and judgment of God that will end this planet's existence and cleanse it by fire. He says, if you continue in your faith, that is, if you have made the decision to separate yourself from this prison planet, you've you've decided you're going to turn away from all the lust of your flesh, if you're going to turn aside and no longer follow the compulsions of evil spirits, if you're going to turn aside from pride and anger and bitterness, if you've been reconciled with Jesus Christ by being made into a new person, if you are not going to be moved from that position, then the gospel of Jesus Christ holds out for you the hope of eternal life. This is the gospel that you heard that I preach regularly on this radio broadcast. It is not by works. It is by faith that I am saved. It is by the mighty blood of Jesus Christ cleansing me and then changing my whole nature righteousness and holiness come as a gift from God he gives us righteousness real righteousness not false not phony not make believe he gives us real righteousness pardon me I have to raise myself up off my hip every once in a while I can't walk yet. That right leg is not functioning. It gets a little bit painful sometimes, but it's okay. I'm a happy camper with Jesus. He says, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Please do you understand today that you have an opportunity to turn from the way of darkness to the way of light. And if you don't do so, the day will come when it will finally become fully recognizable to you that you turn down the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that you said no to Jesus as he came by his Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin. As you're in the midst of a tirade or you're in the midst of a a heated sexual encounter or you're lusting after money, you're giving your time and your energy to accumulating cash or gold or silver, or whatever you're doing. The day will finally come to you when you recognize you did not choose the glory of Jesus Christ. Instead, you chose to cast down into the mud the holy things of God. And when you finally have to face the reality you have cast down the holy things of God, you will weep in great sorrow. You will weep in great sorrow because you finally see that you chose the tinsel of the world instead of the solid foundation of righteousness and justice, integrity, you chose to go the way of darkness and your heart will break and it will be too late. Now is the time. Do you understand there's such a work of repentance that needs to go on in your heart? There's such a work of examination of your heart and a casting out of your heart everything of darkness as the Holy Spirit comes and prompts you to do so. And as you obey the Holy Spirit, He will change you in a moment. And that thing of darkness will be cast out and Jesus will come in and possess you, fill you with joy and with light. Let me just read that statement to you again. This is Colossians 1, verse 21. Catch this, my brother, my sister, catch this. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You feel like you're lukewarm today? There's only one way out of lukewarmness. And that's the way of repentance. And cutting off that way of darkness. And I have to apologize to you today. My kind neighbor is out here with his lawnmower. And he's mowing my grass. I love him for doing it. And he won't let me pay him. He's a man I'm praying for and about. Verse 22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. In other words, it cost Jesus his life to make this a legal reconciliation. To present you wholly in his sight without blemish, free from accusation, if you will continue in your faith established and firm, not move from the hope held out in the gospel. You see where, where I'm struggling so much. Most Christians that I know are wishy-washy. They say they love Jesus They say they're serving Jesus. They say they're Christians. But they will not stand firm and not be moved from the hope held out in the gospel. And so they lose their hope. See, this is the gospel that you heard. This is what I preach on this broadcast. Don't be a wishy washy Christian. If you're going to be a Christian, be serious about it. Go all the way. Or turn around and go back to the world and enjoy it while you can because it will be very short-lived. As I said to one man, I think you need to go back to the world because you want your, you want your heaven now. And your heaven now is sexual uncleanness. Drinking, partying, having great money, being successful in your job. All the things of this world. That's what you want. If that's what you want, go back to what you want. If you want Jesus, then cast all these things away. Let them go. Let them go. Repent and turn to Jesus. He says, Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. What's he talking about? He's talking about his prison assignment. Probably was beaten, his life threatened. I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is his church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, that's the great mystery. Christ wants to dwell entirely in you. He wants to take over every part of, Of what was wicked. He wants to take over every part of your heart. That you have given to darkness. He wants you to live in the light. He wants you to live in his presence. Filled with his presence. It is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now it's also. Bringing together the Jewish people who are God's people, and the Gentile people who can become God's people. Now, I hope you're catching what I'm saying today, that you are faced with an incredible opportunity. That opportunity is for you to be filled with the literal presence of Jesus, It's for you to literally be taken over by him. To live in innocence. To live in joy. This is the gospel. And the culmination of that gospel is that you can today live moment by moment Filled with the fullness of God Himself, filled to the full with Jesus. We proclaim Him, this is verse 28, we proclaim Him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect. In Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. God does not want you to be a wishy washy Christian, He wants you to stand firm and not waver, not bend a heart filled with compassion and love, a heart filled with understanding, a heart filled with a rescue operation for as many as possible to draw them to Jesus, to get rid of their anger and their bitterness and their hurt, to get rid of their judgments and their anger, To find a way to reconcile your heart with those you have in the past desperately injured. To walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I come humble of heart knowing lord that oh this is such a painful walk under the control under the authority of the devil it's such a painful walk to to be a captive to not be free to be bound in darkness to not have a way of light, to not understand how Jesus can come and heal my brokenness and restore my understanding. And Lord, sometimes we get so overwhelmed by our circumstances. that we just want to throw up our hands and say, it's hopeless, I can't do it. And Lord, I know it's at that point when we need to have the fullness of Jesus Christ dwelling in us, where we can enter into the rest of Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I don't know how to handle this. I'm overwhelmed, I'm broken, I'm crippled. Would you take it over? Would you show me what you want? And would you give me the courage to say, yes, Jesus, I want what you want. I'll do what you ask me to do. Lord, it's not easy for us to look at all the lies we've been told, all the deceptions, to just drop them to the floor and come to the scriptures and read just the Bible and learn from your word what is truth, what is real, what you want to give to us. Lord, all my life I've been lied to about the gospel. And I finally said, I think I need to read the scriptures for myself and understand for myself what Jesus is doing in my life, what Jesus wants to accomplish in my life, the hope to which I've been called. Lord, I thank you for that hope. I thank you for the courage that hope gives me to continue on day by day, knowing that my future belongs to you, Jesus, and only to you. It does not belong to me. It does not even belong to my family. My future belongs to you. I was invited by Jesus to enter into his rest. And Lord, I immediately said, I don't know how to rest. I'm a doer and a goer and a beer. Lord, I'm understanding better now. To enter your rest is to wait before you, to let your peace and your solitude enter my heart. Lord, I know of a woman who thinks that her peace is to be found in solitude in the wilderness. Lord, I know that she will find in the wilderness not what she wants, but violence with wild animals, death, destruction, Lord, she needs to come to you and discover in you the joy and the peace of resting in you, Jesus, and walking in righteousness before you, not alienating herself from you. Lord, don't let us alienate ourselves, but rather, Jesus, call us to walk humbly with you Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, Friday will be a day for me of rest. And then next Monday, we're going to begin with Colossians, the second chapter. I urge you to read it ahead of next Monday. Pray about it. It will probably shock you. Statements are made in that second chapter that would cause a person to say, What? Really? I also want to invite you to please pray for me. For the courage of God. For the hope of God. For obedience, that in every respect I will honor him and wait upon him. Now I'd like to invite you to be in touch with me. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I want to thank so many of you are doing that. You know that right now it's a very difficult time for me. I'm not discouraged. I'm walking it out in faith, knowing that the Lord will heal me. And restore me, standing by faith that He will send revival, that He will bring conviction of sin into the hearts of His people. I know that's necessary. You can write to me at Ray Greenlee, 5009, Softwood Lane. Woodbridge, Virginia. Two two one nine two. Both addresses work. Both will go uh, to the same account. And thank you for each of you who's contacted. Now you can also give by going online at nationalprayerchapel.com. National Prayer Chapel. Com. You know, it's very clear that the gospel is about a transfer from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. Have you made that transfer? Or you hung up somewhere in between. Saying, well, I might might go a little further. But you've never finally made the decision. I'm cutting off everything of the flesh and of the world. I'm cutting it off. I'm done with it. Pains my heart because so many Christians that I know. I love, I talk with. They say, no, I'm not there yet. What do you mean you're not there yet? You're not in hell yet, but you're not in heaven yet either. You better get through. Are you through? Have you come to the same conclusion that I have? Only heaven is worth dying for. Only heaven is worth living for. Lord, I know that this broadcast comes from your Holy Spirit. And I ask Jesus that as people have listened to it, that their hearts will be drawn to you that you, Holy Spirit, will go and collect those that you have called to make that ultimate and final choice. Lord, forgive the wishy-washy. Give them legs to stand on. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.